Hi, and welcome to Ian Wallace, the messed up counsellor. Um, today I'm going to give you uh, an understanding of uh, the book, the first book um, that I wrote, and how that journey kind of came about, and a bit about the book and a bit about what it will give you if you choose to buy it. Uh, the book is, as all my books are available on Amazon, um, I self-publish so I can keep my words, my ideas to myself, uh, to my audience because if we go through some kind of publishing company they tend to change it, alter it, adapt it uh, to basically try and make as much money out as they can which is what they're there to do. Um, but that loses some of the individuality, some of the words or the content um, and some of me in a sense. So I chose to go down that route of self-publishing. So this first book, why do we do that and what do we do about it, came about as a idea that other people had said to me that they found what I talked about, what I shared, what we looked at, interesting. And they said, why don't you write a book? Now, my process of reading, writing is not easy. Um, I'm dyslexic. Uh, I know that about myself and I have no hang-ups about that nowadays, although I did for many years, which is kind of one of the reasons why the book really wasn't an easy thing to get off the ground. Um, so I was kind of working out how I did that. And the universe provides, as I always say, and got talking to somebody, a young lady, um, who was interested in the book and the ideas that I was talking about um, but um, said well you don't really need to write the book and I said well, okay how do you do a book without writing a book <laughs> it seemed a bit of a strange idea she said well your words are yours and your words and the way you talk and the way you come across actually is very good it's very approachable from her point of view so why don't you record the book um, and I will then audio type it for you and I went okay that sounds uh, an interesting idea and then when I've audio typed it you can then edit it if you want and look back over it and tweak it however you want um, and so that's what we did I would do two or three chapters um, and then she would audio type it and send it back to me and then we put this book together um, and I will be forever grateful for her for introducing me to that idea and getting me going because up until then I'd uh, stuck with that I can't do this process and that was another thing that the book was trying to give people an understanding that they can't do it it is okay you can challenge and and go forward even though it feels like the you never will you can't so it was for want of a better word a self-help book that I was thinking about but then I thought well yeah I can do that but maybe it would be helpful if people had an idea of how I came to be where I am and what I was doing so I thought right okay maybe it needs to be more than just a self-help book Maybe it needs to be something that gave people an understanding of how in real life, not in theory, you can overcome 
these difficulties, these concerns, and these worries. So I said to myself, right, okay, the book needs to be more than just a self-help book. Um, because people get self-help books in January, usually. <laughs> and then they come across February and the self-help book goes out the window as we all do you know people join gyms in january get fit then by february they aren't going anymore because life's got in the way or something so i thought okay maybe needs to be a an idea of the journey i'd made to become a counselor um which is it's not an easy route to take um with the disclosures i've put in the book uh, is real life, it is me, uh, and it is what happened to me. So I kind of came through a process of, you know, the initial journey is the first chapter. And this is not an academic book, I need to say that. Um, when I first published it a few years ago now, um, I got a feedback on Amazon, um, as you do, and uh, the feedback was from somebody who had bought the book and said, um, well, this uh, doesn't give me any ideas of theory. Or it's got no references in the back, and and it's not an academic piece. And the first page of the book basically says this is not an academic academic book. <laughs> and obviously, they'd not read the first page. So from that point of view, uh, it's not an academic book. It's not got references. It's not got theories in that sense. So anybody that's re buying it from an academic point of view, it will not be helpful, you know? Because the ideas are mine. It's not referenced by anybody else. The ideas are mine. They come from me. They may be adapted from other input, but it is about me and about my world. And that's not an academic piece of work. So the initial journey is about how I came to be a counsellor, how I kind of went through a process of life, as a lot of people do, where I'd gone through a breakdown of a relationship, a divorce, um, a process of finding a new way, new life, and how hard that was, as it is for a lot of people, um, to kind of like find a way forward. But in going through that divorce, separation, and all the the worries, concerns, fears, um, awkward situations of life that come with that, um, which is never easy for anybody, um, I kind of like found that I want to do something more. I was in corporate life at that time, and corporate life was very high flying, a lot of money, going all over the UK and abroad and working in a way of helping people to train, develop, grow within that corporate environment. A big, big American conglomerate I worked for. And that process wasn't making me feel fulfilled. It was a job, and I liked the job. I didn't, I didn't mind the job. I liked training, I liked talking to people, I liked engaging with people. So in that sense, it was, it was good but it wasn't fulfilling me anymore because this change in life that I'd gone through. So I said, okay, what else can I do? What other skills have I got? And as always, the universe provides, and I will keep saying that because it usually does. Um, I, I was going through Leeds train station, uh, coming home to Wakefield. And uh, Yorkshire Post, kind of freebie newspapers, shoved a paper into my hand 
and being dyslexic I don't really read newspapers to be honest I didn't do I, I do more now but I didn't do at that time so stuffed it in my bag went off and got on the train and the train was delayed outside Lee Station there was a signalling fault or some reason and the announcement was only going to be what 15 minutes 20 minutes late so I thought oh, okay what do I do to 15 20 minutes so I pulled this paper out and um, looked through it glanced through it something at the back of the paper caught my eye and it was an advert for training and it was training to be a counsellor with Leeds University and I thought hmm mm, that's an interesting process come possibility uh, to look and see how I might move forward it was giving me all the understanding of what being a counsellor was like and all those kind of things and it seemed to dovetail with my experience and knowledge and awareness so I rang them up and uh, made an appointment and uh, they said to me right okay um, unfortunately all the places have been filled oh, okay fair enough um, but uh, we'll put you on a waiting list and if a position becomes available then we'll get in touch with you so I like dismissed it and I said okay yeah fair enough got back to corporate world and then about two weeks later got a telephone call inviting me to go on this course a place had become available and that was my first foray uh, it was a year's course first foray into counselling so because of that it got me down that path that road that journey um, to look at being a counsellor uh, which was very challenging um, which might sound a bit strange becoming a counsellor is challenging uh, but it is which is why I call myself the messed up counsellor there is a reason I chose that because uh, I think we're all messed up we're all human beings counsellors are human beings they mess up same as everybody else and that process means that they have to go through life as we all do and make decisions make differences choices uh, to become whatever they want to become so going through that messed up counsellor process um, you have to as a counsellor understand yourself a lot more than most people do we call it reflection reflective and you have to kind of look at yourself and, and really go deep um, and that can be emotionally a painful journey for a lot of people um, but kept on with it and did a year there and I found out through that process which is the second chapter of the book um, that I fitted I fitted in uh, it felt comfortable it felt natural it felt good um, I then had to make a fairly major decision do I give up corporate world which is providing all the income paying the mortgage um, or, or do I completely go into this new area of the world um, and start becoming a counsellor um, and that was not an easy decision but with the support of the, uh, the people around me um, financially as well as um, mentally and emotionally um, I decided to do that and to be fair uh, for anybody that's a counsellor that's looking at this that's training um, it was the best decision I've ever made um, money wise no <laughs> definitely not um, but from a point of view of, of feeling as though I've given something back as though I've helped people um, with my understanding my world then it is very fulfilling uh, and it is a recommendation that I would give to anybody if they were able to kind of do that work is to look at it 
because it is a massively fulfilling job and role and I enjoy every day I know I'm working with people's grief and their emotions and the difficult things in their lives um, which isn't easy but it's enjoyable in the sense that I'm helping them understand themselves helping them make decisions, choices and move forward so in the 20 odd years I've been doing it I don't think I've ever had a time when I've regretted making that decision um, and I think for most people that I am connected to in the counselling world um, they feel pretty similar um, if they're working in a place and a way that they feel they're in control and comfortable. So when I found the thing I was really good at, and then I had to find somewhere to put that. Where do I work? Who do I work with? What kind of client base do I connect to? And I thought, well, I've gone through this two years of, of pain of divorce. Um, and I thought, well, I've got some ideas of, of separation, divorce, loss, um, those kind of areas and so because I'd been through it myself and I've used some of the tools that are in the book myself to get through those processes um, then I thought well maybe I need to work with people who are going through separation divorce and the biggest place in those days 20 odd years ago um, 27 years ago um, was Relate which is a national organisation so I approached them and started thinking about working with them and I got through, they accepted me, went through a couple of years training with them to develop those skills, abilities and things in couple work but also doing individual work and young people's work um, and family work. So I kind of like mastered a lot more skills and abilities around how I go about doing that role, that job, that function and I found again that I fitted. And I think when you fit, when something is comfortable, when you're okay, the world just works, which is strange. I think when we're not comfortable, when we don't fit, the world is more challenging, there's more obstacles, more things that go wrong. And it certainly seems that way to me. I don't say that's for everybody, but it's certainly something I've found, that whenever I've done any decision, on anything I've done previously, um, I made a choice to uh, be a teacher. So I went to do a two-year course degree on becoming a teacher. Um, and as soon as I did that, I'd never advertised myself as a teacher. And I don't mean teacher in schools. Um, I, I won't work within that environment. That's far too challenging for me. Uh, so I teach people who pay, adults, generally speaking, or organisations who pay. And going through that process, um, about a week after I'd finally got my piece of paper, somebody from a local organisation, the council, um, gave me a ring or an email, I can't remember which, maybe both, and said, well, would you like to do a training course for us? I'd never advertised that, um, but the universe provides and it allowed me that opportunity to get out there and start that process um, working in a in a way that I again found I fitted I uh, found it was helpful and relaxing and it was good now now I'm um, six seven eight years down the line from that 
um, and now do training classes all over the place for myself and for other people. So from that point of view, don't think that any choice you make, whatever that choice is, it leads you somewhere. You know, people will say to me in the counselling room, say, well, you know, I don't know what to do. Sat on the fence. I don't have to do this or to do that. And I said to him, well, that's true. You've not made a decision to do anything. But sitting on the fence is still a choice and a decision to sit on the fence. So you're in control because you sat on the fence. You may not know which way you're going to go, left or right, backwards or forwards, whatever it is, that choice. But you're making a choice to sit on the fence. And that sitting on the fence is taking time out to think to work out so you're still on a path and a journey even if you don't think you're moving which is an interesting process to put towards people and they then find that sitting on the fence is not a bad place to be it's actually an okay place to be I don't need to make a choice yet I can do but I don't need to and until I need to make that choice or want to make that choice more importantly um, then I'll just sit on the fence which is great. So the book is that journey, that journey from where I was in corporate world into being a counsellor. And the book is also a health self-help book, if you want to call it that, in a sense that it has a lot of tools, a lot of ways of looking at the world, which is why it's called Why Do We Do That? Because human beings do everything for a reason. They may not know the reason, they may not understand the reason, they may not even think of the reason. But there is a reason why we do things. We never do anything for no reason. And that reason, then, means that we make changes, develop, grow. But we need some kind of process to help us do that. And so the last part of the book, the third of the book, is all about tools that enable you to do that. So it's not just giving you an understanding of me, which is about a third of the book, and an understanding of the things that go wrong in life and how you may look at those things, but it also gives you an understanding of what you can do with it. How do you do it? What do we do about it? And I think in that sense, it's been really helpful for the people who have found the book, and the book isn't there to make a profit. It does, obviously. Uh, a lot of work went into it but it's there to find whoever needs it so from that point of view if you find the book or if somebody gives you the book then there may be something in there that will be helpful as an understanding that even when the darkest days of life and it was dark some of those days in those two years there is always a possibility always an option always a choice and even though we come through it and I've come through it and I've learnt an awful lot about myself and about other people and how it works and how it doesn't work and that process of coming through it has developed me grown me enabled me to be more able to understand life situation difficulties and then I've helped other people understand that and I think for me, that's what it's all about. My job as a counsellor, as I always say to clients, is to make me redundant. 
I don't want to be them dependent on me in order to have their world, their life. Uh, my job is to come in, do some understanding, awareness process, and help them to make those changes. But then whatever we've done, they can use the next time, the next time, the next time, the next time. It's not something they need to do with me every time they may need a choice and decision making. So the last part, as I say, is the tools to enable those things to happen. Hopefully, you'll look at the book and see that it might be helpful for yourself or somebody else and make that purchase. And if you do, that's fantastic. That's great. Um, if you don't, then it's not the right time. And that's okay as well. I'm Ian Wallace. I'm the Messed Up Counselor. Take care. Enjoy. Enjoy.